Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, Life Church. How are you today? That's a good time to clap and act like you're doing great. Awesome. <laughs> well, welcome to church. If you're a guest, we're so honored you came to be with us today. And if you're just part of our family, I'm just so happy and honored you're here to worship with us. Uh, it just wouldn't be the same without you. That's the way I feel. I'm so I'm glad you came. We're on part two of a series called XES. And the tagline is, is we tend to mix this up meaning we mix up sex. And so we're having a sex talk today. And if you're a guest today, I want you to know, welcome to the most awkward moment of my entire pastoral life. And so, um, but there's reason for it. And I'll jump into that in a minute. But if you are a guest, I wanna invite you to come back next week for a very normal message. The normal message this next week is for fathers on Father's Day. I'm gonna be preaching on the topic of making men strong again. And so it's gonna be awesome. And so you are all invited back next week for a special Father's Day message. Today, I am mainly talking to parents today. Now I had a lot of people after first service that were kind of finished with their parenting years. And, and they said to me things like, I wish I'd have heard that you know, 25 years ago. But many of them had an idea. They said, you know what? I have grandkids and I'm so glad that I have resources now to help my children in their parenting. So listen, there'll be a little bit of something for everyone. If you are a student or you are in, you know, a younger adult, well, this is going to make a lot of sense to you. And so, um, but I promise you, you're going to like go, Wow, we're talking about that, and, and, and I'm going to be drowning in it at times, and it's going to be okay, and um, we'll all get through it together. Can I get an amen, church? So my topic today is how to help your children in the area of sex. I will readily admit to you as a father and as Harriet and I parented our children, and especially in those early years, that the sex talk was an intimidating topic. It certainly was for me. And there just never seemed to be like the right time. You're like, when do you break into that conversation? How do you go, hey, let's have the sex talk or let's talk about this and that. I mean, it's not like you pick up your son from school and you're like, hey, how are you today? How'd your day go? Great. I want to talk to you about male parts. Like, no, you just you don't do that. Like, how do you do it? So um, today I'm going to give you so much help and for parents to understand this is the, the most appropriate and best ways. I will let you know too that I am not a, a child psychologist and so uh, my advice to you can be in the understanding that you are the parent and that your child may have developed immaturity sooner or later and so in some ways you need to take mine and apply it into your family and what fits your context. But I'm going to give you amazing guidelines and a lot of help. And so parents, I believe you're going to be appreciative of this. And I believe all the students will be as well. But why are we talking about sex in church? Well, because God made us sexual beings. Like that is a natural part of our life. And at some point, your children are going to be thinking, 
and trying to figure out their sex life and their sexuality. And somebody needs to be teaching them what is the biblical way to understand this. Most churches avoid it in some way. Let me just ask you, are you glad that your church will go ahead and step into these difficult topics from time to time? Well, I'm glad you are because I'm not always, but it's all good. Listen, I always want to please God and and preach the word. But here's what most churches will tell people when it comes to sex. They'll have two things and they'll say this. So when you go to the slide, it says, there it is, before marriage. This is mainly what they'll tell you. Hey, before marriage, don't do it. After marriage, do it. That's kind of what they're going to tell you. And, and listen, the Bible affirms that. Listen, 1 Corinthians 7, 1 says, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. That's before marriage. So amen to that. But then after marriage, it says each man should have sexual rela- relations. I like that, sexual relations. But I like this, with his own wife. So that's probably worth noting. And then each woman with her own husband. So that's kind of the standard approach. Wait, wait, then do it, do it. And that's the standard approach. And, and I think there's more to it, although that's true statements. But I feel like there has to be a bigger conversation. Very few people actually receive what I'm gonna say is healthy, God-centered sex education from their parents. It's, it's very true that very few parents talk to their children about sex and sexuality. Uh, The vast majority of young people learn about these topics from their friends and social media and from school. And and, and this is, you know, honestly really troubling because those other outlets are probably not presenting the biblical values that you want presented. And, And honestly, I don't think it's the school's job to present values. Matter of fact, I wish they'd stay out of all values and just teach just general education. But it rests squarely, sex education, squarely on the parents' shoulders and with the support of your church to help teach and equip the church body in this area. As awkward as it may be, we need to have these honest, great conversations. And so parents, listen, I want to encourage you to have these seemingly awkward conversations to help your children because if you don't, someone else will. And parents tend to to hesitate in the area of talking to their children in this area. And and for lots of reasons, but some, you know, I just can't find the right time. And I understand that. We have to make the time. Some are afraid to to talk about it because they're like, is it too early? Am I going to rob my child's innocence too early and fair? Some are hesitant because they're just unsure what's the appropriate thing to say. I get it. Some parents are, are hesitant because they feel a sense of guilt from their own past experiences and, and they don't want to go back and have to admit maybe in their own hearts places where they missed it. But I do believe it's important that as a parent we have a, a, a sense of courage to step into the area and talk to our children because we want our children to have a, a lifelong healthy perspective about their bodies and about their sex drives and about their temptations and we want them to anticipate intimacy in their marriage and joy in their sex in their marriage and and even understand how to treat members of the opposite sex correctly and so there's just so much more to teaching about 
your, the, the sex and the sexuality in your children, then, then just don't do it and do it. Like there's, there's more to it than how to do it. And so we want to dive into a, a bigger way of understanding that for your family. Because yes, virginity is, is an absolute goal and, and it's definitely part of the equation. But in our culture today, we want to equip our children. We want them to, to be prepared and to be confident in their identity as a male and female. We, we want our children to be able to, to understand how to stand and to deal with the constant pressures that come from an over-sexualized culture. We want our children to be able to anticipate and to look forward to intimacy in marriage. And so if parents, if you're here, if I had one thing to say to you, and, and the rest is just, it's just great information, but parents, I wanna say to you to begin the conversation early. And the reason is, is your 10-year-old is facing a different world than when you were 10 years old. It's not the same world today. The pressures have escalated and social media has changed it and, and culture has pushed into school systems and, and it's just, it's a different world today and they're seeing and hearing about sex at a much earlier age now than when we were younger. And so you have to get in front of the culture to set their hearts for what God wants in their life. Because if you wait and you allow someone else to teach your children, then you're going to run into what is happening in our culture today. And I want to share with you some startling facts of what is happening in culture, almost in a way to give us a little bit of a shock so that we'll lean into the rest of this message. But here are some statistics, current statistics, that nearly 60% of 16 to 18-year-olds have, have had sexual intercourse. That's 16 to 18-year-olds. 33% of 15-year-olds have had sexual intercourse. 75% of teens believe it's better to live with someone before marriage and test it out. The average age of the first internet exposure to pornography is 11 years old today. That's average. That means there are younger than that that are getting glimpses and seeing things. Three million new cases of sexually transmitted diseases occur each year among teens. There are about 15,000 acts of intercourse or sexual innuendos each year on primetime TV. So your child, if it's just child is watching TV, which they are, at least 15,000 exposures. And the majority of those are not between a married husband and wife. And so it's, it's desensitizing their minds about what healthy sex is. Many teens consider oral sex as safe and fun alternatives to intercourse. The statistics say that one in four high school students identify as homosexual, bisexual, or is currently questioning their sexuality. And that number has doubled since 2015. What that says is that, that the, the agenda that's there in that area is a social construct. In other words, it is culture shaping people rather than what true identity is all about. A sad statistic says that 70% of teen suicides stem from broken romantic relationships. 
because it's heartbreaking. When you're in an intimate relationship with someone, it feels like a divorce and their maturity level isn't able to handle that kind of pain. Therefore, they make horrible decisions that affect. Also, 70% of teens who identify as LGBTQ claim to be emotionally depressed and sad. The world says, in that case, to affirm that, to help them. We say, bring them to a biblical perspective where they find healing and hope and who God made them to be. Amen? The consequences of this sexual crisis are evident. And your children are looking for more than a traditional birds and bees talk. They want and they need answers from their parents today. And so I'm here to give parents that, that motivation and maybe a few tools to help equip you so that the, these statistics don't ring true in our house and in your house. Finally, a, a study from the Baptist press revealed this. And the study said that 70, I'm sorry, the study found that 67% of sexually experienced teens say they wish they had waited longer before having sexual intercourse. They wish they had waited. Regrets piled up. And this is the best statistic of all. 88%, I mean, that's almost all. 88% of teens said it would be easier to postpone sexual activity and avoid teen pregnancy if they're able to have more open, honest conversation about such topics with their parents. And 59% said when it comes to healthy, responsible relationships, their parents are their role models. That just is all we need to know to encourage parents to have the talks, to communicate with your children. And I want to say to you that communication is the key to this. Open dialogue. Kids best respond to a dialogue rather than a, a lecture from mom and dad. They do way better than just a set of rules when you have conversations with them. When you give this an honest place to talk and to, and to have the conversations about their sexuality. And so we need to have those talks. And so what I want to do is to take the next few minutes of, of our time together and give parents a general guideline of communication with your children. This is generalized and so for most it will fit. You can... You can lay this over the framework of your family, but here's the timeline of what and when to say things. And for your children that are three to five years old, little bitty ones, these are still babies, but, but they're, they're, they're in a place where it's time to have some kinds of conversations. And, and this is where I would say that you teach them that God made boys and God made girls. You're, you're working on their identity at this very little age. The overriding theme for, for parents at this age level is just basic foundations that, that God created them in their body. It's just God made you. God made, God created boys and God created girls and God created moms and God created dads. When you, maybe you're with your little children and they're in the, in the little bathtub and this is a great time to say, Wow, God created you. He created your arms and he created your hair and he created you to be 
a, a little boy or a little girl. He created you so special and, and you affirm who they are and how God created them. This is a great time to begin to introduce to them that, that God created them as a male or as a female. And you can identify for them that they are uniquely made and uniquely created. These discussions for these little ones, they, they, they should be comfortable for you and just occur often and just, just kind of as you go with them in those appropriate moments. And, and, and for parents, you, you, you have to try to answer their questions to the degree of their understanding. Don't go way over their heads. You don't have to say identity. They won't know what you're talking to about, but you can say God wonderfully made you. And they begin to form that, that God made me who I am. And, and then later when someone tries to change it, it'll already be in their spirit and their hearts that my mommy and my daddy told me that God made me special who I am and I'm happy to be there. I'm proud of who God made me to be. Amen? The next age group is the six to nine-year-old age group. And this is when some basic sexuality starts coming in. First, you need to reinforce that they are made by God and God has created them and God designed them as a, a little boy, a little girl. And, and I will say at this age that, that kids are beginning to discover themselves and they're beginning to kind of figure out little things and they're, they're becoming little people at this age. And, and sometimes they're still in, though, this transition of complete pretend and, and make-believe world and and sometimes they're listen I'll say it like this sometimes little girls are very tomboy at this age and just because they're a little tomboy at this age doesn't mean they're actually a little girl in a boy's body they're just a little girl that likes to play rough so God bless her right I mean let her play rough we need strong women in this world can I get an amen to that but don't start trying to transition them just because they're a little tomboy listen when I was a kid that's kind of funny but uh, we grew up around horses and, and and I pretended I was a horse for a while I did I, I, I walked around and I, I let my little sister ride me and and I'm so glad my parents didn't look at me one day and go well we need to affirm him he's a horse we'll let you go to school and act like a horse My big brother tried to ride me and broke me, and I quit being a horse. But my point is, is just because they're in a pretend place, don't affirm something against who God made them to be. Amen? Six to nine-year-olds are basic sexuality. Where do babies come from? You get to have gentle conversations and you begin basic anatomy and definitions because towards that nine years old they're going to have little friends bringing up terms and because what's going to happen is one of your sons or daughter's friends is going to have an older brother or sister and they're going to hear something and they're going to say it trying to be the cool kid on the block now they don't know what they're talking about but your little child is going to hear it and they're going to start trying to figure this out you need to give them some better information you need to teach these little ones about appropriate boundaries of of being touched and touching others at an early age and parents 
you really need to be sure that you have instructed your children that if someone, especially an adult, attempts to touch them, what to do. Amen. I hate it. Don't you hate that that's what we have to do? And I'm sorry if you're parents, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to have to teach my children. But you need to because there's a messed up world out there and you need to be ahead of it. Amen? That's six to nine. Let me move to the, to the 10 through 13 year olds and parents, if you have children there, well, this is code red right here because I'm telling you, everything is happening at this point in their life. This is when you begin to teach what is God's plan for sex and sexuality. These children are, are, are awakening and their bodies are awakening and, and it's all starting to happen. So moms and dads, this is essential. So you start with a biblical foundation of what sex and sexuality are about and you talk to them about God created sex. You let them know this is God's thing. Because what you don't want in your household is for anyone to have any shame on them for feeling sexual at this age. Like you don't want them to be embarrassed or, or ashamed about arousal or curious about sex. And parents, don't embarrass your children because the last thing you want them to do is to shut you off and look to someone else for advice. So you teach them, God created you and your body and these are normal things, let them know that so they're not embarrassed, so there's an open communication at home. Next, teach your children that God sees sex as very good. These are gifts from God and we should, we should see that God has made this and, and, and he has something to say about it because it's very good and in the context of biblical boundaries, God blesses it. So you don't want to ever present this as like, it's hard to talk about, that's in the Bible. And you talk from those perspectives that it's very good. Next, you wanna teach your children that God created sex to be enjoyed by a male and a female in marriage. Sex before marriage, although pleasurable, we don't take that away, but it creates significant problems in life. And what are those problems? Well, I'll, I'll share a few with you. One is there are deep emotional scars after breakups. Because what happens in young people when they, they have sex, there's a, a bonding, there's an emotional tie. There is, there is such a, a deep connection that when there's a breakup, it, it's a tearing apart and it leaves scars in Emotional pain in people's lives. There's potential pregnancies and potential SDD, STDs. And I mean, all of that's potential. Statistics say that those who have sex before marriage are less fulfilled in marriage because they bring in baggage and regrets. I want to say to you that God can restore that as well, though. Statistics say that Sex before marriage leads to higher divorce rates and infidelity. But ultimately we know that when we dishonor God, it, it puts this sense of a barrier and a distance between us and God and we don't want that in our life as Christians. And so the goal for a, a parent is to teach your children to, to honor God with their bodies. 
This is this young group, this 10 to 13, and you begin to talk to them about how we honor God with our bodies. And this is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought by a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. At this age is a great time to teach your children how to honor God with their whole life, but also with their bodies. Maybe this is a great time to have your children make a commitment with you to say, I'm going to honor God with my my mind and with my eyes and with my hands and with my body. I'm going to honor God and make a commitment like that. And parents, I, I want to encourage you that one of the most difficult parts of parenting at this age group is that you have to set age-appropriate boundaries for your children. And they won't enjoy it all the time, and that's okay. God didn't call you to be their best friend. He called you to be their parents and to protect them from the evil forces that are outside of them. You are emotionally prepared. They're not. And so you have to set these boundaries And I would encourage you when it comes to areas like social media, you need to have boundaries for that. Don't just give them all they want in that area because they're not ready for all they're going to see. Social media equals social education. And they're not training your children on biblical foundations. And I would encourage you parents when it comes to that cell phone, at whatever age you choose, I would, I would set a hard boundary to not have that phone in their room at night because at night they're going to wake up or they're going to not be able to go to sleep. And what everyone does, everybody does it at every age group. When you're bored, you pull out your phone and you start scrolling. Listen, in the dark of night, your children are going to start scrolling and you're not going to know it and they're going to start seeing and they're going to get tempted. They're going to click before you know it, they're on a rabbit trail into some place they don't need to be. Also at this age, as you're setting boundaries, teaching that modesty matters. That's not old-fashioned. That's just biblical stuff. Show me your children's friends. I mean, don't show me, but you look at your children's friends. The old statement is, show me your children's friends and I'll show you your children's future. Guard your children. Dating too early is opening doors that they're not emotionally prepared to handle. Yes, they might look cute and look at little so and so and little so, they're so cute. But let me tell you, dating at an early age is awakening things inside of them and fostering romantic feelings that they're not emotionally ready to handle. I have some startling statistics to show you. Look on the screen. Age of dating and the percent who have had sex before graduating. Kids that started dating at 12 years old, 91% of them had sex before graduating. 13 is 56%. 14-year-olds, 53%. 15-year-olds, 40%. 16-year-olds, 20%. What you're seeing is the emotional ability to handle the, the pressures. And too young is too young. Amen. All right. 10 to 13 year olds. Have fun, mom and dad. I'm praying for you. 14 to 18 years old. I like this. No conversation 
is off limits. Parents, your role is not finished. Hopefully there's a groundwork, but it's not finished. It just may get way more interesting at this age, right? Like, wow, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about everything. Let me just give you a list of some things that, that ought to be in the conversations. One is radical respect for the opposite sex. Radical respect. Like, how great would that be again? That we treated opposite sex as special and, and with honor that's important. I think parents at this age, you, you have to talk about dating and the temptations that will, that will follow. And, and with that, I would say, parents, you should have predetermined boundaries established with your children before they get into that compromising position. It's so much better to be ahead of that than, than to be behind that. And, and so preemptive is better than cleanup. And you're gonna to have to have these conversations of how far is too far? Like that's on their mind. Like how far is too far? What, what, what can I touch and what can I not touch, mom, dad? Now they may not be asking you that. You need to be asking them that. Or you need to be telling them that. What can I touch? Well, listen, I don't, I mean, let me say it like this. It used to be that you could say to them, you know, Whatever a two-piece bikini covers up, you can't touch that. Some of these two-piece bikinis are not appropriate anymore. So I'm backing that up a little bit. That a one-piece, that covers it all up, all right? <laughs> I've not been in the sun I'm just embarrassed with you. <laughs> well, it's getting ready to get better. Teach your children that, yes, birth control protects you physically, but it does not protect you emotionally and spiritually, and it's still damaging in your life. You might want to have this conversation. Is oral sex still sex? Yes, is the answer, because intimacy at that level belongs with your spouse. Here's a fun one. What about spooning on the couch? Let's be real. We know. We know what's touching. We know what you're thinking. <laughs> Do you ever, you ever feel like you're drowning? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, gosh. This is so fun. But here's the point. Listen, I feel a little awkward talking about it, and you're going to feel a little awkward talking about it at home, but you need to be as brave as me today and just step into it. Can I just give you that? Just go for it. Just go for it. Be awkward. It's awkward. You need to be the parent that your children come to and ask you how to help their friend when their friend is messing that up. That's the kind of parent you need to be. You need to be the parent that when your friends, your kids' friends do something, they come to mom and dad and say, how do I help them? Because you have created open communication in your house. 
And you've set the tone that it's okay to have these conversations. Whether it might be a little awkward or not, it's just better to talk. You might want to teach your children how alcohol lowers morals and raises stupidity. Unfortunately, you need to talk to, especially your girls, about safety and date rape. Teach your children that in your household, nothing is off limits to talk about. Parents, you want to be the voice. You want to have that open communication. You have to be the ones to begin it. Parents, I just want to encourage you. Step into those conversations. I've given you some great guidelines and and. and Yes, it might seem awkward, but, but, but listen, at some point, your children will appreciate it. Now, they're probably never going to follow back and tell you, thank you so much for that. But you know it. You know it's true. I want to encourage you parents to investigate what is being taught and propagated at your children's schools. And because and, you may have to, to stand in the gap for your kids when they can't. Be smart about their influences in your life. Parents, don't parent from your past, all right? Listen, I don't know what your past is and, and probably based on statistics, there's a lot of mistakes that were made, okay? But don't parent out of that. Don't parent out of your shame. Don't feel unqualified to, to step into your children's because you need to know that grace has covered you and you get to parent your children in a way that will help them. On the other hand, some parents have maybe made those mistakes and somehow it just turned out all right for them and they got a good marriage and they're thinking, well, I don't have to do much because my kids will probably turn out like me and they'll mess it up a few times. They're learning, they're growing, but, but they'll get it all together. Some parents parent like that. And let me tell you, you are gambling with their souls. You're gambling with their hearts if you think that. Amen. So I, I want to share a book with you, by the way, uh, for parents a great book and I would encourage you to take a picture of that and, and buy that book. So much of what I taught today came out of that book and so if you feel like what I've shared with you was helpful, that would be a great book for you. And I wanna close with some conversations for our, our younger people in the room today and I wanna encourage you to allow your parents to talk to you. Don't avoid them when they try. They're gonna try, they're gonna give it their best. They heard this today, so they're gonna give it a shot and, and you, need to let them, you need to let them go for it and, and chuckle if you may, but, but open the door. Let your heart be open to your parents having the conversation. And if your parent isn't available or able, then I would encourage you to talk to your youth pastor about all of this. You're welcome, Lachlan. <laughs> <laughs> I would not suggest at this point in our school system you go to a guidance counselor because I'm not sure that they are presenting a biblical worldview. Um, we did have a um, young man in our church who is a school guidance counselor and he came to me Alex Eklund came to me and he goes, I'll get it right. And I said, God bless you. You're in the system doing it right. And I want to say we need more people to get involved than to stay away. So get involved, parents. To the students that are out there, and if you're sitting there and you're like, wow, 
And you're thinking, what if I've already had sex or been involved in pornography or in some other way dishonored God with my body? What do I do? And I want you to know it's not the end of the world. You can go to God and ask him to forgive you. And say, God, I I messed up. And I want to be clean today. And you go to God. The Bible says this in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, God, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And look at this, and purify us. In other words, he will purify your minds. He will will bring your, your thought life. He will bring you back to a place where you can be pure before God again. And he'll purify you from unrighteousness. And so if that's you today, I want to encourage you to to take it to God, ask for forgiveness, receive forgiveness, and then begin to honor God from this point forward because it's never too late to begin to honor God. You blew it then, but that doesn't mean you blow it in the future. Let God bring cleanliness to your life. And I'll close with this as students that are here today. What is your goal for sex and sexuality. What is your goal? I'll give you a goal. Obviously, honor God with your body, but out of the book of Genesis, when you get married, this is the story of Adam and Eve when when God first created Eve, and this is Adam's first experience of seeing God's brand new creation. And Adam said this. He said, at last! I love that. He was like, wow! He's like, look at that. Like, my goodness. He's like, I love it. He's probably like, oh my goodness, God. I've seen the water and I've seen the plants and I've seen animals, but I've never seen that before. And woo, that's the way he responded. At last. I love that. Listen, I think the goal for all of the young people today is to have an at last moment with your spouse where there's pure excitement and joyful anticipation. And then it goes on in verse 25 says, now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. And here's the whole thought, that they were They were presenting themselves to one another. They were exposing themselves to their husband or wife. They were bare before one another and they had no shame and no regrets. And the goal here is for true intimacy in your marriage. Intimacy spiritually, no regrets. Intimacy emotionally, no regrets. Intimacy, physically, no regrets, no shame. And that's your goal. And I believe that when you do it God's way, he will radically bless your life, including your sex life. Amen? Amen, church. Woo! Well, I hope you enjoyed that today. I pondered, how do you take that message and bring a salvation invitation? And the way you do it is, is you say that intimacy on any natural level 
cannot be pure if you haven't begun a relationship with God and have true intimacy with him. He's the one that makes us pure. He's the one that helps us. And if you've never begun a relationship with God, then there's no way you can effectively live out God's purpose for your life in every area of your life, just including sex and sexuality. And so I wanna encourage you today that if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and surrender your life to Jesus and have your sins forgiven, that today is your day to do that. You don't have to leave here and not have had all your sins forgiven and have just a pure, clean heart before the Lord. I want you to know the Bible teaches us that you're loved by God. This means that anything you've ever done or haven't done, God doesn't look at you based on that in terms of love. He loves you. He cares about you. We all understand that it's the sin that separated us. So whatever that may be in your life, my life, it's the sin that put this wall between us and God. But we also understand that Christ, he died on the cross for us. And what that means is that he took the punishment that you and I deserved. Because sin has to be punished, our wrongdoing is punished. But Jesus, I believe the day that he went to cross, he had Tim Blevins in mind. And he said, I'm going to die for Tim's sins today. Because one day he'll have a moment to look back and need forgiveness for what he's done. He did it for me, he'll do it for you. All you have to do today is believe in Jesus Christ. And I wanna give you that opportunity. In this really special moment of our service, would you bow your heads? Father, if there are people here that have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, to surrender their life and to have their sins forgiven, to be made new on the inside. Lord, would you speak to someone, to those who are here that, that need to give their life to Christ today? You now, with every head bowed, if that's you, would you just lift your hand to me and say, Pastor Tim, I wanna begin my new life with Jesus. I wanna be saved. I want my sins forgiven. Is there anyone to lift your hand to me? Let me see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's just all say this together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. He came to earth. He died for my sins. I turn to him and I receive forgiveness today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen, church. Amen, amen, amen. <clears throat>